Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sorry You're In My Seat, a weekly podcast that unites two best friends on a quest to find the greatest movies of all time. My name is Aaron and each week I have the pleasure of talking movies and films with my best buddy James. Hey you guys. And this week is no exceptions. We roll back to 1985 to look at The Goonies, a classic movie that amazingly, James, the 36-year-old man, has never seen. I was joined by two people this week of, of similar ages who had missed this coming-of-age fantasy drama of kids coming together to find one-eyed Willie's treasure. You just, you won't get away with it now. <laughs> More about that soon. <laughs> but yeah, it's you, you're coming at this episode then with a very unique perspective of yes. a movie that was huge and, and often praised as one of the best that come out of the 80s. Certainly, um, if we look at comparisons to, to TV series like, like Stranger Things and our kind of love fest for the 80s and whenever we kind of take a trip down memory lane, it's Goonies tends to be one of those films, those staples. So much happens in this movie that now is bread and butter in teen movies and coming of age movies, but the Goonies starred a lot of it or at least were some of the pioneers of it. And you're coming at it from a very unique angle of never grow, not growing up with it. Yeah. Seeing all the kind of modern stuff or seeing films like, so I'm talking about things like Strange Things and It so and those kind of things. So I saw Strange Things in it before I saw films that it's kind of like based on. So I come from a very wildly perspective. The original, the pap daddy, the one that started it all. Yeah, I'd seen all the pretenders before, mate. It's mm. Strange Things is the biggest comparison of literally four friends asking about having an adventure. It's literally, oh, watch this. So uh, yeah, it was it was weird watching this remake. It wasn't a remake. <laughs> I, I really, I can't believe it's taken 200 odd episodes to do it. And just for those that follow routinely, for some reason I labelled last week's episode as 222 when it should have been 221. So I even made the joke in the episode of, I think it's episode 200 and something. So you're saying this is 2222? Or it's, yes, or 221. <laughs> Point two. I don't know. I'll figure it out. But thanks for downloading. Just call it all the twos. If you like it, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review. You get a new episode each and every week. Often we take on different themes. You know, we'll maybe look at what's streaming, what's out of the cinema. We'll look at what's winning awards, take on directors. Or in instances like this week and next, we're going to pick a particular film and do a deep dive into it. Just get in there, mate. Let's get in its guts. Let's Let, get in its gizzards. Let's see where the magic is. Let's rip it apart, look at its soul, and see, does it survive in this 2020s world that we live in? More twos. All the twos that you make. I I, uh, I think, I'm heads up, I think the Goonies does. I don't want to know your overall opinion till mm. the end. Till the end. I want, I want us to relive the journey step by step of the Goonies as they find One-Eye Willie's treasure. And I want, at the end, you to summarise summarize your... 36-year-old's opinion. Yeah. It's beaten down by the world. What does this fantasy epic mean to me? I mean, not fantasy, to be fair. Well, kind of. It's fancy element Adventure. Mm. Yeah, it's got an adventure. Other than that, how's your week been? It's been it's been good. Bought myself a new car. Hate solicitors. And then the third point is, you know, what wonderful world we live in. <laughs> just like, just like, just not be some positive, mate. Just, just bring some positive. We're going there. Yeah. No, um, yeah, it's been the same. I, I cancelled my Odeon. I didn't said a few weeks ago. I cancelled the Odeon. The and limitless. Uh, the limitless, because I, it all was down to me. So we had this episode. And I, was, I really liked the deep dive into, into subscriptions getting higher and higher. The Netflix now. I'm a bit of a sponge. Someone else I know has bought a Netflix. I've can, I'm going to cancel my Netflix, mate. I just don't feel like it's worthy of my time. But the cinema's the one I miss. Because in Lincoln, whilst it was very expensive, I do miss the magic of the theatre of sitting down whenever mm. I wanted to. If I had nothing to do on a Tuesday night, I was paying for it so I could just drop in and go to the cinema. And I am a bit sad now that I've lost that. It's the one I miss the most. If I were to lose them all, I do 
I do miss the cinema, but at the same time, there's nothing in the cinema that's driving me to go, oh, I, should, I need to get my Limitless back. And that's a shame on you. I, yeah, I, I will go back to the cinema next year. My kid will be two years old. So start getting uh, to that point now where I'm, I'm going to start going back to cinema, maybe even introducing her to some short uh, movies that they tend to do on Sunday mornings for kids. But I think I, I will, I do miss the cinema. Uh, it's tragic. Some, it's so magic when the lights go out and you sit there and I don't even mind people that talk and they go, because there's always that hush when, when they go. So there's the dimmer stage. And then there's the dark mm. stage. And just before the dark stage, everyone, everyone basically turns to the brothers and goes, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> just like, stop talking. And then the B, BFA thing. So I the BFC miss, thing comes up. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely miss like those adverts. So I've got a new car. Um, and the one that I listen to talk sport radio, I basically listen to everything. Radio 5 Live, World Cup's on. That's what I'm listening to. I never realised radio adverts were so corny. Mm. It made me miss like that bloke stood in front of a press conference going, I'm not going to be who you expect me to be anymore. The walls explode, he gets in a see it punto, mate. <laughs> You're talking about a, an affu- a perfume advert. Yeah, no, it was car advert. <laughs> That's what I mean. Oh, was it? Clean that. Oh, it might have been a perfume advert. It was advert. a perfume advert, that. Oh, it was a perfume <laughs> That's what I mean. I missed ambiguity because nowadays when you turn on, in the car, you put the radio on, it goes, this is an advert for socks. Buy socks. <laughs> Get mm. over it. It just... I've missed the cinema, mate. I'm spending 25 quid on a bit of popcorn and a drink. Well, I think I think you're making the right thing. In the cost of living crisis, you've got to make cutbacks. And I think if you know someone who has a Netflix account, I mean, that's the reason why they have multiple logins for those accounts yeah. so that you can share and, you know, that you can have someone else's Netflix. And then if you've got Amazon, they can maybe have your Amazon. And it's there's no shame in that. And I think often, you know, I, I, I get piracy is obviously a bad thing, but... I, I'm, I'm, I don't lose any sleep not paying for my Netflix if I'm on someone else's account. Yeah. And the first person who comes to me and he's like, oh, well, you're Drake, you know, Netflix, you know, they need the money to make the films. And Okay, stop paying Adam Sandler 25 million then for Hubie Halloween. Yes. That's where you should be pulling your money back, not my 7.99 a month that you desperately need. It's a, never forget that Netflix funded Hubie Halloween, the worst film. Maybe the worst Halloween movie of all time. So do you feel like for Christmas we should do a redemption story of Adam Sandler to see if there's any redeeming qualities? No, I don't want no, to. No, 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 I don't. I, I'm all right. I taught myself that, that instantly. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the Goonies. I want to get into it right now. So we are uh, six, nearly seven minutes in. Someone's downloaded this episode. Maybe they it's their the first Goonies, time. Mate. They want Goonies. They demand They're like, the do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a podcast. I want to hear about the Goonies. Here's sorry in my seat. You're welcome. Let's get on with it. 1985. Imagine... Going to the cinema, you're in there, you've got your popcorn, proper popcorn back then, sit there, sugary drink, movie starts, black screen, a film by Steven Spielberg. I'm in, I'm in. Uh, Directed by Richard Donner. Oh my God, of Superman 2 fame. Faint hints of Superman, yeah. (sighs) Superman 2 and Wonder James, let's let's not take away Yeah, he always had that problem with the second one. The definitive, Hmm. he did the second one, that's my definitive Scott of Superman (laughs) 2. And a screenplay by uh, screenplay by Chris Columbus. So a real wet dream, really, of eighties oh glory. Just rub me in your non-Disney ways. It's uh, and then a skull and crossbones appears on screen. I I love the start of this movie. Last I, time I saw it was in it was in the cinema. I went to an anniversary screening. Yeah, and um, that that must have been about four years ago. At a it was a DIY cinema project in here in Lincoln where oh, the, the Rich yeah. Theatre they were putting on old movies to raise funds to do up the cinema and restore and show, it. show even more of the old films. Yeah. yeah. That's the, I love, I love kids programs, mate. That's something that majesty always make a bit of hint of what you could get away with in an 80s film. Maybe potential suicide. Mate, 
I mean, I was like, I was like, am I watching the right film? For a kid's movie, <laughs> we're about to go deep. Film starts, skull and crossbones, fades away, we open on a prison. A guard calling all the inmates, but there's no movement from one cell. Inside, known criminal Jack Fratelli is hanging from a self-made noose. Kids movie. <laughs> <laughs> but Esther turns to me, what were we watching? That was like a kid's movie. That, uh, <laughs> Obviously, they started with this suicide. <laughs> Jake Fratelli, played by Robert Davy, uh, aka Johnson. No, not that one, the other one. The only thing I could think of was when I was watching this is, right, so I only, obviously, Johnson, not that one, um, is he's also a Bond. In, he's also a villain in the in Bond bo- film yeah. about drugs. And I remember thinking, what a weird career this man's had. Yeah, was he in Scarface as well? All and- based on his face. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I don't know if he was. Forgettable, mate, for this. Yes. Scarface, isn't he the one who gets hung from the helicopter? I may oh, be wrong. Maybe. I may be wrong. But Robert Davy, if you don't know the line, Johnson, know the other one. It's one of the greatest lines from Die Hard. It's one of the greatest. Is The greatest mystery is, what did the guy on the other end of the phone say? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, great start to a kid's movie. As the guard goes in closer to read the suicide note, Jake springs to life, knocking the guard out cold before heading to uh, for his escape. I like to point out, it's well planned, actually. I thought, you mm. know, the fraternity, the, fr- the fratelli crime family, they thought, oh, bear in mind, they're bumbling idiots, spoilers, they're a bit bumbling idiot That was actually a well thought out and executed plan. Yeah, I mean, luckily, apparently, this is the only guard on shift at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And also, the what I love about this is that there's a guard escaping. I don't know if you noticed this. He runs outside and they've set up a trap with fire. But you see two of the cops putting a coat on because they can't arrest him unless he's got a coat, mate. <laughs> well, it's cold out. It's cold. <laughs> outside is his mum, Mama Fratelli. Love it. Don't even give her a full name. No, Mama Fratelli. She'll need it, mate. And brother Francis, played by Joe. And I always pronounce his surname wrong. It's Joe Pantolino. Liniano. Liniano. Yeah, I think in the Matrix we just started to call him Joe Pants. Yeah. <laughs> just thought it was easy. We did Joe Pants. <laughs> oh, I, I go Matrix, bad boys. I kind of flitter between the two. I can see that. Baby's day out. Uh, when you've done them three films, I think, yeah. I think you've completed life. Well, and, and mate, and he's done a bit of extra as well because he plays the uh, the general manager of WCW Nitro in the hit film that stars David Arquette, Ready to Rumble. Wow. Victory sip. <laughs> Why? Well, I thought I had it with Baby's Day Out, but you've just, you've <laughs> took it. <laughs> you took it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so Francis and Mama are waiting in the getaway car. They've set a trap using gasoline or petrol and Jake quickly dives in before it screeches off. As the cast names appear on screen, we intersplice between the getaway car chase and key members of the Goonies who are going about their day. I really like this introduction. I've got me. It was a really good introduction, especially because everyone seems to miss it. They're always like, mm. um, short round. I don't know the actor's name, sorry. Um, he's, he's too busy pissing about with his practically amazing inventions, but he goes wrong and he's dragged into a bin. And as he's been dragged into a bin, he doesn't see the cop car chase behind him. I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it... And it it's a good mechanism to put this in early because when the film starts in a few moments, when we get into the gang, the Goonies, when we get introduced to those characters, there's no time to go back and show the breakout scene or who the Fratellis are. So it, it, it's a really, it, I, I think the film's paced really well and it's a good idea to show your villains first, get that out of the way and you almost forget about them because by the end of the first act, they come back and you're like, oh yeah, there was that, there was that car, you know, the first time watching it, you'd be like, Oh yeah, those guys. Okay, that's how this all interlinks. What I really do like about this opening beginning as well is nowadays you're watching The Sopranos and and Tony Soprano goes to the fridge, he pours out a Coca-Cola and he's pouring it and he puts it back and he throws it in anger and you know he goes to the fridge, maybe picks up some last, last night ziti, but then maybe puts some tomato ketchup on it. Mm. And then he throws it away, showing his anger with food. And, his, his, 
And then in this, they just straight up put the Pepsi like merchandise that they're definitely getting paid for everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> just like immediately, he's like, the thing that goes wrong involves a Pepsi. There's a kid drinking a Pepsi. There's another Pepsi. Domino's, I'm pretty sure, saves the day at the end. Well, <laughs> just- this was, Pe- Pepsi does go back to, doesn't it? Of, uh, is what was one of the first advertisements, major ads advertisements. So you think about, we talked about it in the Top Gun episode. They paid yes. to have Pepsi in Top Gun. It's well, it well done for them. And then when Top Gun was one of the first movies to come out on VHS, it had a Pepsi advert first. So, I mean, you, you, you started this episode talking about shit adverts in cinemas and, yeah. and on the radio in the cars. I mean, Pepsi, yeah. product placement. <laughs> um, this whole scene as well, where you've got uh, the car chase, you've got members of the Goonies that we're starting to be introduced to, and you've got the screeching car, you know, near misses, collisions, that you know, gun chase, you know, and everything like It's underpinned by a David Guggen score, which is a really light bouncy 80s theme to get it's, us in the it's, mood. It's, it's almost flippant. It mm. is very bouncy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I think the music in this is very nice because, with spoilers, but I like that it takes literal, literal themes from other things. Like, we did my favourite parts. We're going to get to that. I love a bit of that. The Fratellis finally escape as they blend their car into a beach race. <laughs> I mean, Mama Fratelli knew what was going on. She knew where to she, go. She did a plan. She'd be fucked if the tide had come in and be cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Just driven into the sea. The, uh, <laughs> aquatic car. Fought <laughs> over everything. Um, now, that's the beginning of the movie. The Fratellis have escaped. They're dust in the wind. We cut to a young Mikey, our protagonist. Think Will from the series one of Stranger Things. Or think Bill Denver from uh, It, which Stephen King would write the following year in 1986. <clears throat> Mikey is played by Sam Wise himself, Sean Astin. Yeah, I did. So Esther's not big on the films. She's like, where do I know him from? I was like, Stranger Things, we just watched that. And she went, no. I was like, I'll get you there, Mr. Frodo. <laughs> she was like, oh, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> then I just found I was in Jamaican. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I usually kind of very impressed. It was so even I even if Sam, I said it, I was like it was bad. Samwise from Lord of the Rings or Small Soldiers, which I think is a movie I that love small yeah, soldiers. that often gets like overlooked. Yeah, that kid it? gets shot. Yeah, maybe. yeah. It's, it's, it's quite brutal. <laughs> it's <fucking> brutal. <laughs> been watching that. Eighties. I got that. I got that confused with Small Soldiers. I remember watching this film. Was like I must have been like eleven or something. I can't remember when it came out. I was like, oh, is this the film where like the toys come to life? No, it's when terrorists take over school and shoot a load of kids. It's the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as uh, as uh, young Mikey furiously sucks on his inhaler, we're also introduced to his older brother Thanos, or Brand, short for Brandon, which is played by Josh Brolin in his debut film. Fuck off, really? Think Steve from Stranger Things. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought he was quite effortless in this. He, he, I, as someone who has a younger sibling, I genuinely I was like, yeah, they're fucking so annoying, aren't they? Brolin went in a, in an interview now, like to, in this stage of his career, talking about the Goonies, and he says that he went real meta or tried to. And there was a scene jumping ahead where when they're in the tunnels and the caves. Brolin's own words were that he wanted to do a scene where he was climbing the walls of the caves to represent his love for his mother and being in a womb. And apparently Spielberg was like, the fuck are you on about? <laughs> like, just, just no, this is a kid's movie. Just act. Just climb it. You're trying to find penis treasure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he is. So we've got Mikey, we've got Brand, Brandon, oh, uh, the two brothers. And I'm going to say it now. It was a point later, but I'm going to say it now. Really good relationship between these two. Yeah. Often you get the older brother is the bully, you know, the, 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 you know, he's got his mates. They take the mick out of the younger one. This one, they're quite sweet together. And I think often in movies that's united that, that sense of camaraderie between brothers is normally in a movie where it's about a divorce of parents or moving out of town and losing their friends because you've got no one else but your family. And I must admit there's two or three times in this where it's refreshing to see the older brother isn't. So whereas 
Whereas uh, Steve in Stranger Things season one, we didn't really like. Yeah. We're getting Steve from Stranger Things series three and four where he's much more, they realise actually he's a really good actor. Mm. Let's make him more likeable than the bully. Yes. And that's what we get with Brolin and um, and, and Sean Astin's characters. I really like the relationship and the dynamic between the two. It's the 80s, so here comes Corey Fieldman. Yeah, he had a career. I, so, so, so I went, oh, I forgot he was in there. So I still went, it was Corey Fieldman. And I went, eh, don't, don't worry about it. Any film post days, you don't know. Yeah. You don't know him. In this, he plays Mouth. The oh, group, fucking hell. The group Chatterbox. Think Dustin from Series 1 of Stranger Things or Richie Tozer from It. Weirdly, who was played by Finn Wolfhard, who is Will in Stranger Things. I hope you're as confused as I am. We're all confused. <laughs> Fieldman, Corey Fieldman went for Gremlins. Did didn't he? get it. Spielberg says, but I've got a project for you. And it was this. And I think, to be yeah. fair, if you were Corey Fieldman, yeah, move away from Gremlins. This this is a much better fit for him. So Uncut James, <clears throat> Adam Sandler's film that genuinely gives me a headache because it's realistic. It's shouting over people. You can't really understand what's going on. Even if you have subtitles, I imagine it looks like a roadmap. So much going on, so much chatter. Genuinely, when he comes in, he lives up to the name Mouth as a chat. Was, oh my God, I had a headache. I was like, shut the fuck. To be fair, I would have done that anyway. Yeah, but- so the, the name Mouth as well is is because they, obviously they filmed it out of continuity. And um, the scene where he's got all the jewels in his mouth, spoiler, from like, like towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And he spits them all out. That was all one take, and he did cram all that in his mouth. So he, he almost he coined the name or the nickname Mouth anyway. I don't so, think someone's trying to kill him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, got all these pills in there. I've seen the future. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, at this point in the movie, just stop to appreciate the eighties exercise equipment. I love this about Josh Brolin, the yep. older brother, working out. Well, I'm Michael, mate. <laughs> Lost boys go work out, mate. Exactly. You, you, you can't be white and young if you're not pumping iron. But also the purple rain t-shirt. I could practically smell the eighties watching this movie. <laughs> it is all good. <laughs> um, smell like cocaine. Yeah. Here we get our first bit of narrative within the movie. It's the gang's last weekends together before Mikey and Brand are leaving town. It's their last chance for adventure. Marv comes in saying, come on guys, you two are moving. You're leaving town soon. Let's go out on a bang. Let's have an adventure. Let's do it one last time. It was all back in here. I'm just saying. Very, very nonchalant attitude towards losing this house. And it's also, that is again, another kind of, like I say, kind of kids narrative, isn't it? Yeah. You know, you've got um, to have an outside villain who wants to bulldoze your house, mm. turn into a golf course, mate. We've all been there. Which is odd because they're not taking anyone else's house. That, that's a good. <laughs> so that's what are they point. doing? Like a, like a putting. <laughs> Just no, that's a, a point I was going to make. I was like, I was like, it's implied that later they'll do everyone else's house. But, it, but the, domino, the domino starts with this one because if they pay their bills, miraculously, everyone else will. <laughs> so In comes Jeff Cohen, a.k.a. Chunk, the friend who from the start of this movie will be fat-shamed throughout. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> like this scene, for example, where to gain access into Mikey's house, Mike consists he must perform the truffle shuffle, a degrading act of wiggling for one's amusement. <laughs> um, yeah, Chunk, think Dustin from Strange Things. <laughs> <laughs> be honest um, I fucking hate John I just, Jeff, I just don't like him Jeff Cohen it's his only acting credit I don't think he's a bad actor I hate the character so he still works in movies now he, he operates an entertainment law firm now oh, that's so he uh, put his money in, in time into education he works in entertainment as a lawyer um, actually also interesting in this bit as well he had chicken pots at the time and fear of being recast he didn't say anything but when he does the truffle shuffle you can see the blotches ah um, also at this point little, little, oh. uh, little easter egg the shirt he's wearing if anyone knows their easter egg and film trivia in the scene in Deadpool 2 when um, when 
Ryan Reynolds is regenerating and he's got the little legs on the sofa. That really yeah. funny scene. He's wearing Chunk's Hawaiian shirt in front of Josh Brolin, who obviously oh. was in, which is a really awesome <laughs> nod. So he's wearing the Chunk Hawaiian style shirt and Josh Brolin is just, and apparently also Josh Brolin didn't know he was going to do it and turned <laughs> to that scene, which is proper Ryan Reynolds, isn't it? Um, I need to stop making that noise. <clears throat> yeah, I like it, James. Oh, okay. I mean, you know. Chunk is in hysterics about gunshots, car chases, escaped convicts, and like that's, all great friends, no one listens to him. Yeah, so so that's so this is weird. So at the beginning, you see everyone miss the shootout, the chase. Also, I've got to point out, them cops, mate, them them cops are out of their time. They don't give a flying fuck who's about. Like, these kids, know just randomly shoot. And as proven, they're not very good shots. So at the beginning, endanger everyone, mate. They don't care. But Chunk is the only one that sees it. And then he kind of molests it. Whilst that's happening, he kind of molests himself against the window. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like... Pepsi, your first kind of Pepsi is it's like smashed up against the window. And it's rubbing the pizza on I think Chunk's got issues, mate. If he hasn't, he certainly will by the end of this movie. <laughs> Chunk goes through a journey. Do you know what I mean? Like, no wonder he left the film industry. Became a lawyer. <laughs> no one will do this to a kid again. <laughs> in comes the coolest of the gang, short rounds. Or in this movie, Data. As he zips into the house from next door, of course, played by Ki Huey Kwan. Think Lucas from Stranger Things. <laughs> Data is the gadgets whiz, the James Bond he's the fanatic. Best. He is. He's the. He's when I saw this as a kid, Data is who you wanted to be. Data is fantastic. He's like he's like the real life Inspector Gadget. He's he's got everything. Yeah. There's scenes later which we'll talk about. I don't want to get too edited, but but they're just like, the imagination of a child. Mm. He's come to life. You wanted, you know, yeah, his utility belt and all these little gadgets and gizmos. And yeah, he was the cool one out of the group. The gang squabble. And this is a really good thing. Richard Donner uh, had a technique which was particularly utilised in this scene and the scene that's coming up in the attic where he'd give the actors their lines just before filming it and only give it to him once and only give him direction once. So they had to almost like ad-lib what they can remember and what Richard Donner told them. And it gave a real authentic reaction to them all because they're all trying to remember what they're supposed to say talking over each other there was no timing timings were all off this happens in this scene when the statue falls over and the penis breaks off the statue but also in the attic when they're finding the map and particularly when um uh, sean astin has to recite the story of one-eyed willy he only got told it once so he has to kind of try and remember it and that gave it that authentic kind of gapped in the gaps in the knowledge yeah. and, and things so i that's a really really good way of and, um, Not doing I, your job. Well, no, but this is a Spielberg thing, isn't it? Spielberg, yeah. like or love um, or hate Spielberg, you can't deny he gets the best out of child actors. His his repertoire of movies tends to have a shining star young actor in That's there. That's true. I, do, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the, the scene where it's recited, I, I do think that, that was a bit poor because he looks like he's struggling. Yeah. Which, and I did feel bad. I was like, this isn't good. So far... So far, it's very realistic because children aren't good actors. They're children, if that well, makes sense. I also think Mikey is a character you don't really root for. I, I, I think it's think weird he's, that yeah. although he's the protagonist, at no point was I like, oh, if I could be anyone from the, I, I would, I would be Chunk before I'm Mikey. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I would because he kind of keeps going on these like soliloquies and monologues of like talking about one eye Willie like he's possessed. What's really weird is if one of them was going to be a school shooter, it would definitely be him. <laughs> it would, that would, it wouldn't be Chunk or Daya. It would be, it would be that one. Like, he's talking to himself again. If he, if he, you know, like stay away from him, just, just move on. Yeah. The gang are interrupted as Mikey and Bran's mum, Mrs. Walsh comes home. Mrs. Walsh look familiar. That's right. 
That's Mary Ellen Trainer from Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. Yeah, what is. a fucking repertoire of movies. Actually, great in Lethal Weapon as well. I, I like her in Die Hard. Actually, as the newscaster. That's very good as well. Actually, she's brilliant. Yeah, and she's and, she's great in this as well. She's and, only maybe three scenes, but it was the eighties, mate. She had a career. Mm. She had shoulder pads. Yeah, she did. Uh, here we get two great scenes of the Goonies trying to put together a penis back on a broken statue, which is funny. And as a kid, I found it hilarious when they could glue it on backwards and, and, and like, and Bran's like, well, he, you, he you piss on, on your face. <laughs> <laughs> and Jung's like, well, that looks normal to me. It's like, Jung, what's going on down there? Jung's got issues, mate. Balls are on top. <laughs> and, and, but then also, and again, I know Corey Fieldman's an easy target now and he's had a tragic kind of, um, out of the eighties, had a had a had a bit of a tragic um, experience with entertainment. But oh, this is quite possible. This is the, this is a great scene when he's walking around and he really shines as the translator to the new Spanish housemaid, talking yeah. about where the drugs are hidden, talking about you know like um, that the, the, she'll be trapped in a basement if she says anything. It's a cheeky. It's a kids movie where you think I would love to be able to get away with that. It is. It danced like the perfect hanging out with your friends. That is. Yeah, you get the familiarity as well that she she just uses the mouth. Um, purely because he's so such consistent in life. He's like mm. another son. He's like, oh, will you translate for me? And he's just like, oh, the cleaning supplies are in here. And then he's like, oh, this is where the drugs are. Don't the mix heroin, the drugs cocaine, up. don't mix them up. And he's like, oh, if you can think of anything better, just let me know. And he's like, if you speak a word of this, they'll leave you in here with no food <laughs> for two weeks. <laughs> it's a great scene. It's a great funny scene. And do you know what? He gives, he, he weirdly, he's got the ability to, he's, he's like a, an arrogant mm. He's like a master of his craft at this point. He's very good. Like he genuinely just like oozes effortlessly in this role. He mm. he he is the mouthy kid. He was very good. As the rain pours down, our gang of goonies retreat to the attic. Here we get a bit more storyline as we learn that their dad has not been paid and they're losing the house, forcing them to move. Their dad is a museum curator and looking at the attic, it looks like he's been stealing shit for years. <laughs> Why? Why? There's, such, there's such fascinating <laughs> stuff in there. He, he's like, like, oh, no one's come to the museum. Put, put the fucking treasure map in there then, you dickhead. <laughs> you know that thing that like, like basically, let's be honest, let's be honest, mate, they're like a group of kids. Mm. If they could do it, I'm fairly certain anyone else could I also, do it. I, I mean, where I work as well, like everything I own that is works is itemised, like laptops and, and you know, phones and all that kind of stuff. Has Screens. Has anyone seen the treasure Has map? Has anyone seen the treasure map? <laughs> yeah. Has anyone seen that oil painting that, or that really old book with all the uh, the hints of where the treasure is? What about that coin that's got holes in it that, that <laughs> specifically mentions it will lead to the location of the treasure that no one's apparently ever used? No? 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 No, no it's Mr. Walsh's attic, apparently. <laughs> it's the safest place. No wonder he's got no money. He's probably been sacked. <laughs> Just just on the street corner, boozing it every day. But here we get again every every kid's dream, you know, old dusty books and photos, paintings, artifacts. Tr- literally, this is the first treasure cove, isn't it? Of just yeah, it's it, and this reminds me of all the movies I loved growing up, like Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe, and all those stories about you know kids evacuees going to these strange manors and houses where they where they just left you know secret gardens and all that kind of stuff where they just go exploring and. That really captured my mind as a kid. And Land of Which Wardrobe did it brilliantly where there's a wardrobe that transports you and stuff like that. But Secret Garden and all these other things, childhood, you know, those kind of stuff. This to me is all part of that. I love this scene where they get to go in the attic. Weirdly reminds me of Jumanji as well for some reason. You remember in that when they go to the attic and Robin Williams falls through the floor? Yeah. It's odd. Why do they go in the attic in Jumanji? Uh, to get away from the water that's rising. Thank you. It's all right. Any other Jumanji questions? Just fire them straight out of me. Um, now, <laughs> Bran finds an ancient book which shows treasure and pirates, whilst Mikey finds an old map, a map to One-Eyed Willie. 
Now, let's all just wink at the camera so the guy at the back of the room can understand this is a coming of age movie. That's right. One-eyed Willy. <laughs> Would have been better if it was like, this is Peter Enos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is Cook and Balls. <laughs> What's the name of the pirate? Well, there's Master Bates. <laughs> <laughs> Who's his lawyer? I believe it's Mr. Arsehole. <laughs> Just... Yeah. Anyways, Mikey tells a story learned from his dad about Willie's uh, past, the gold, the pirate ship, the booby traps, the network of tunnels. No one believes him. It's just a ghost tale. Movie ends. <laughs> the, the, the father is arrested. Also, remember, so the sequence of events is one eye Willie and his pirate ship end in a cave. Yes. To hide the treasure, yes. they actually build tunnels to it. <laughs> like that, that's the story, right? And bear yeah. in mind, when we know the sequence of events that they have to go through to find the treasure, how did they do all that backwards? Minor detail, I'm not going to go into it. Seemingly unconnected, Chunk then finds Magnets, a, mate. <laughs> finds an article about a local explorer, Chester Cobblepot. That's so fucking... This is bit I don't understand. It's like, why did you need this bit? Mm. This was really weird. It doesn't pay off later. <laughs> When they, when well, they, they do find something on his body later that enables them to move forward. But you could have just found that. It's just like, yeah, yeah. But what's weird is it's like, oh my God, have you found about this? Oh, have you heard about this gold, this story? Oh, here's a map for this gold. Here's a bloke who went looking for gold. Why aren't they just like, like the answer sheet? Just like, oh, it's, it's there. Well, it no, they need through. it. They need it for the scene, again, jumping ahead, where they're in, under the well and they could escape. They could bail out. They could get up out of the underground. And it's when one of them goes, but we've got further than Chester got, and he was a... Stop sticking he was up for the goonies. No, 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 but that, that, that would be the logic of it, wouldn't yeah, it? They, they, that that's what sense. unites them, is because they all then come away and go, we've done better than he did, and he was good at this shit, and there's seven of us. I hope you bring up that point, because that's literally my favourite scene in the entire film. Yeah, I'm going to bring it up. Uh, sorry, where, where was we up to in the... He just nice, found he just found the cobble pot. Cobble pot, yeah, who disappeared. Surely that won't come up again. No. Their conversation's disrupted when the local contractors come and knock in asking if Mr. Walsh is at home. These guys intend to flatten Mikey and Brand's childhood home so they can build a golf course. In this one. But one yeah, but weirdly, Dale lives next door, but his house is fine. Yeah. And it's also you right next to, to the golf, sea. Mate. I, I, do, I do think it's a crazy golf putting range. I think mean, surely that is all they're doing. Just, anyway. I just, um, it's, it's a great scene as well, but you, because it's an 80s film and it's kids involved, you, the, the villain isn't pirate or criminal mm. family. The real villain it's the people who want to destroy the child. Yeah. There's so many villains in this. There's so many layers, mate. Weirdly, the penis pirate isn't the main villain. <laughs> who would have thunk? If only the Goonies could find a way to pay off their dad's debt. Yeah, like get jobs. <laughs> Maybe sell some of the stuff in the attic. That's quite, that's quite, that's, that's quite worth it all. No, fuck it. Back inside, Cindy Lauper is literally on screen singing the theme song. What's really weird is this is one of the things I've never heard this before. I was like, well, why, why do girls want to have fun? No, it's not this. It's like the only song I know. Goonies are good enough. Oh, is that what the song was? Yeah. Oh. The Goonies are good enough, which is, um, it had an eight minute music video with a load of wrestlers in it. So I'm surprised you didn't see it. Is that because of Wrestle WrestleMania 1? Because she was at WrestleMania 1 with the two. There, there we go. go. Was that around 1985? I believe so, yeah. Someone's screaming at, the, screaming at the radio now. Right, so it's uh, do, 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 moving on. As Brand is the oldest, he's put in charge of babysitting. So, so that's Josh Brolin's character. He's put in charge of babysitting. 
But the Goonies have other plans and they bum rush him. Time to the chair with his own exercise gear. What a chump. I'd like to point out as well that Esther was like, we were talking about this. I went, well, so they've just tried to kill the older brother. Do you remember what do you mean? The apparatus they use tines. constricts and tines mm. and they put it round him so he can't stop it. So technically that's just going to compress his airwaves and kill him. Well, I've got a theory about this. Is a Thanos origin story. <laughs> yeah. The gang rush off and grab their bikes, not before letting the air out of Bran's tyres. I think that's a very smart move because Bran obviously older, got stronger legs. He's going to catch up to them in a minute. He's got, the, he's got the advantage on the cardio front. Yeah, exactly. The kids have got the quicker recovery time. I'm going to give him that. They've obviously seen her Highlander. They've rushed him. Mm. They've got him by surprise. Nothing you, we've, as established in this, in this canon, mate, mm. you cannot survive a bum rush. They bum rush, bum rush him, the thing. But then they get him in the secondary. They're going to be fine as long as you don't steal like a pink mic or anything. I think at this point we need to also appreciate the classic 80s shot of a load of kids on their bikes on the way to an adventure. It's still cool. I don't think it, it ever it, comes across as corny. I always like it. Because it, it, there's something that just links you back to your childhood, right? Yeah. I did that with my friends. We had bikes. We rode out. We went, you know, days that seemed to last forever, summers that went on and on where you just, all you want to do is get on your bike and go Brilliant. to the park, go to the fields, go to, you know, wherever it was, you know, the beach or whatever, just on your bikes. Yeah. And I think that's that's just ingrained in us, isn't it? That there's something extremely comforting about that drone aerial shot of kids on their bikes. Kind of like what you see in Stranger Things. Yeah. Seasons one, two, three. Maybe it as well. Mm. Yeah. But the film showcases the brilliant Astoria or Oregon backdrop where the film was shot. Also, it's worth noting here, they mentioned the Goondocks, which is why they're called the Goonies. So it's a nickname from the fact that they are in the Goondocks. Brand escapes the chair of death. Luckily. Takes a little pink bike from Data's sister, who doesn't win any awards for acting, because she just stands there I and they had to dub in the scream later. Oh, so she had a bit of a tantrum. I liked that. <laughs> yeah. It's like she went extra, mate. Um, so he steals a little pink bike. Points, points now for the uh, points now for the mother not believing him. Just mm. be like, oh, you did that to yourself. She has a give us. Why are you doing that exercise? You're an idiot. And the uh, Spanish. Um, housemate. Mexican housemaid being like, what? What have I walked into? Like, legitimately. <laughs> also, how are they paying her? Just saying, she's yeah. brand new. How do they plan on well, She makes the joke, doesn't she? She makes the she makes the joke. She goes, "I want my house clean before they tear it down." <laughs> just, I just think, I just, I, I think the Walsh's mate, it might be a bit fucking corrupt, mate. Well, look at what's in the attic. That's what I mean. As Bran pedals like a madman to catch up on the tidy pink bike, he's met by school friends, the jocks, as they drive past. School, oh, the embarrassment! School friends. <laughs> do you know? Do you remember when you and I were friends and we, we were driving out mm. and? Uh, I, your girl said hello to me and yeah. you decided to murder me. Like straight up murder me. But that's what I was going to say. The driver, Troy, <laughs> such a dick stereotypical name, quarterback, is riding with the cheerleaders, Andy, uh, Andy, think Nancy from Stranger Things and yep. Steph, think season one Barbara, Stranger Things. Yes. <laughs> Troy grabs Gra uh, Brand out of the window and drives off, pulling Brand along before letting him go at the last minute on a bend so he can go off a cliff. What I love about this is, is obviously Josh Brolin could break out because the hold's not there, but he didn't want to be rude. No. <laughs> it's and, like, I'll die. <laughs> and this, my friends, is the origin of Thanos. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> Just, he's been in this film for 20 minutes and been dicked over by a lot mm. of people already. The map the Goonies took from the attic leads them to a shoreline, which they distinguish from looking at three rocks that look like landmarks and direct them to where they believe is the tunnel's entrance, Willie's treasure is situ situated in, uh, in an under an abandoned restaurant and a lighthouse just off the beach. But as the group go in, uh, are about to go inside, they see some movement at the house. Thinking it's open for business, they go for a closer look. Yes, yeah, so I always thought that you see two people in Max go in the restaurant. I always thought they were the developers from earlier, but they're... I did, but they're, yeah. But they're, they're, they're unrelated. We haven't seen them at all. No, they're right. actually... Actually, James... Because the movie had to keep costs down, they're actually cameramen that they just put costumes on. 
Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, this happens later on as well, towards the end of the movie, when the big when there's a big group of people. A lot of them are just stand-ins. They're cameramen and people like that. They just put costumes on. But oh. yeah, so it probably is the same Mac. It's like in Star Wars where um, the final scene where... Uh, uh, they're all like wearing each other's clothing because they were just like, oh, we just ran out of costume. Fair enough. Someone's wearing like Han Solo's costume in the like the, the final scene of the movie. But... Like, no one's got a choice. Just wear it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even being washed. <laughs> Remember you wouldn't want, the... want it washed. <laughs> <laughs> Remember the uh, the uh, the Fratellis from the beginning of the movie that broke out of jail? Well, no. the restaurant is only their bloody hideaway, James. I genuinely thought you meant the band and no. <laughs> do, do I remember the Fratellis? No, I do. I thought about them this Chelsea week. Dagger. I, I remember that song. I assume though they're named after these villains. Maybe. Oh, oh, okay. I thought it was a big thing. I apologize. Is Fratelli also a brand of tire? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that yeah, sounds like it could be right. If I said that with confidence. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like Franz Ferdinand. I've seen mm. I've seen bands named after weirder things. <laughs> the, the guy who got assassinated that led to World War One. Fucking name a band after him. <laughs> <laughs> As the gang make their way closer, they're taken hostage by Mama Fratelli. Jake, the escaped convict, makes a lot of suggestions about eating the kids while singing opera. That's right. Batshit crazy. <laughs> Mikey makes a bid to look around by faking in the need to go to the toilet, but he probably has shit himself. And as he wanders into the basement, he finds a figure chained up, a beast in size, watching television whilst being served food. So there's a lot to take in here. First of all... <laughs> there is a lot, yeah. First of all, if you were hiding out in a restaurant and some kids came in, I don't know about you, but I would act as suspiciously as human possibly because I, I think that's that would I would get away with it. Because mm. obviously they don't want to... Mer- that's nice as well. They don't want to murder the kids. Not yet. Not yet. Not, it, it, fast it's forward inco- 60 minutes and they're shooting it, them. It's inconvenient now for mm. the plot for them to die. But they've just killed two people. But some kids come in and they're like, let's mm. scare the bejesus out of them. Why? I don't know. <laughs> scared just- even more shitless. Mikey runs back upstairs and Mama Fratelli agrees to let them go as they scramble out the door. Do they run, James? Do they? Fuck. No, they, they all hide with the luminous coats about five yards. It's the goodies. The one's got a red coat, one's got a bright yellow coat. And it's like, let's just hide behind this small rock. <laughs> no one will ever see us. The film has 60 minutes left, so they hide. They wait out and the Fratellis leave. When they've gone, certain that this houses the entrance to Willie's one-eyed tunnel. The brand, uh, oh, and also at this point, they're reunited with Brand, who's caught up with them, and the two cheerleaders from Troy's car, Annie Which and Steph, weird. also join. Why? There's no, it's just like, oh, because I kind of liked you. You know, you know when my boyfriend tried to kill you? Yeah. Oh, I thought it, it really was so, turned me on. I thought it was so hot. When I saw you on that pig bike going off the cliff, I thought. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> um, but also, there's another point as well. Chong, I'll be honest, I, by this stage, I've never wanted to punch a kid so much in my life. He's just annoying me. But I do start to feel for him now because. He's the one that finds the car that's got the bullet holes in, what he saw at the beginning. Mm. They don't believe him because he tells outrageous stories like Michael Jackson came to his house to use the toilet. And he's mm. like, well, that didn't happen really. It was his sister. So he's, he's outlandish. He makes these claims. But even when he's proven right, even when they go there and they realise they are the kind of killers, he still don't give a shit about him. He's <laughs> still like, shut the fuck up, chunk. He, he's also like, he's that character where they're all like, they were like hiding and he's like, oh, Pepsi machine. Yeah. You know, like, or there's like a dead body. He's like, oh, ice cream. He won't stop screaming. Oh, mm. he, he haunts me. Well, <laughs> now with the Goonies, Annie and Steph and Bran together, they join like the Power Rangers. The gang is complete. It's morphing time. In the basement, the gang sneak past the chain figure who's still in the main room watching TV and they squabble and fight. Note at this point as well, Data calls Bran Josh, which is a blooper, oh. but they kept it in. So he does call him Josh. Do you, think they, do you think they just didn't care? I don't think they didn't realise at the time. There's, a, there's quite a few... There's quite a few issues with uh, data in front of Imagine that's film. hard though. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He he talks too quickly to the point that that he gets drowned out a lot. Yeah, yeah. 
Chunk knocks over a water bottle and they notice that the water runs into a hole beneath the fireplace. As the Fratellis return, the gang make the decision to hide, only to find a dead body in the freezer in the same room. And with no way left to run, they go down the hole. Big hole as well. Doesn't Other really than Chunk, who's left in the freezer with a dead man. Yes. Imagine the childhood trauma. Fuck him, though. <laughs> oh, no, wait, there's ice cream. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how they draw that up. It's like, yeah. it's like oh, he's, he's literally in a freezer with a dead person with a bullet hole in his forehead. And he's like, oh, ice cream. <laughs> so this makes me feel bad, this part, because at this point, I, I really, I hate Chunk, mate. I really hate him. I want to stab him to death. I want to punch him in the head. That's very brutal. He's well, a kid. No, I'm not joking. I want to punch him. I don't want to kill him. But he's very annoying. He just won't shut the hole up. But now what starts, mate, is his redemption story. Mm. But Chunk maybe becomes the best character. Maybe. So I mean, he doesn't get to go down the hole. Instead, they tell him to go call the police. Chunk makes a run for it, but it only gets as far as the main road before one of the Fratellis gets hold of him. I love that bit. He just turns the light on and then the guy sings opera to him. He's, I'll tell you what, the Fratellis are actually quite menacing at this point. At yeah. this point. Yeah, there's a, they are. I mean, yeah, I, I, I quite like the Fratelli brothers, actually, and Mama Fratelli. I, I think, think they're, they're all a good, good. They're a good gang of villains I for a kid's movie. Joey Pants is the right kind of level of unhinged. Like, I imagine he would shoot a bunch of kids. Mm. I imagine the, sorry, the, the, the opera singing James Bond, former villain, Agent Johnson, not that one. The other one. He looks like he's having so much fun and so much cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like he's done all of the cocaine. And... <clears throat> So you get a sense that he likes to cook, but I imagine that he he's just eating one of those people that's killed. <laughs> I just I I think he's brilliantly unhinged, and you imagine that you must have such a domineering mother. Enter the actress from 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 the Train, where she's just a national treasure. Man, I fucking it's the second film I think I've ever seen her, and she's brilliant. Mm. So uh, yeah, I quite like different taste, and at this point, quite menacing. Like they turn the light on, chunk like spews this story. They turn the in, the interior light on. Oh, and they start seeing opera to him. I'd be scared shitless. And they even talk about killing the kid as he's putting him in. He's like, well, you got outsmarted by a kid. Why don't you just kill him? It's just mm. like fucking brutal. I think you're right though at this point because you, you, I think you're 100% correct in that the moment that they, the, from this from this scene onwards, the film changes in that the main gang that are now down in the tunnels, they found the entrance to one eye with his uh, tunnels and his caves and everything. Now their their story is very mechanical. It's yeah. room to room to room until we get to the end of the movie. Do this puzzle, do that puzzle. Tiny little bit of development with a few characters and, and stuff, which almost seems kind of obsolete in the in the circumstance of what they're doing. It it really is now down to chunk to drive the storyline and yes. to keep the development of the story going. Because they are now just very linear. They've just got to get to the treasure by this point, while they're being chased, obviously, by the fratellis who are going to go down shortly. Um so yeah, I, but this is the bit that everyone's getting waiting for. Certainly, I revisiting it. I was like, it, it, the film does take that that adventure feel, kind of really pushes forward now. Yeah. At the moment that they're down, the first room though is a room full of pipes and water mains and hijinks ensue in the grounds above when they start rattling and moving. Again, a really nice kind of kids scene where never going to use this fucking bathroom again, mate. Yeah, <laughs> public place where they're moving all the all the pipes and yeah, like I say, all the, the water fountains above ground. You get to see the reaction. Um, what it then does is one of the water pipes breaks and it reveals a hole, which also you've, you've got to think, so how did, how did one eyes Willie men, what did they do? Like build, block that up? I don't, I don't get how. That's kind of convenient that the water revealed it, but. I'm going to say moisture build up, mate. Audio yes. gremlins. Audio gremlins. Well, like the crystal maze, mate. They pass with no uh, automatic lock-ins. They all progress to the nice. next scene. Nice. Here we get two scenes happening at once. Chunk literally telling the Fratellis everything. Loved it. 
I'll like be that honest, scene. that's one of my favourite scenes was when he goes, tell me every, because he, he's like, he tells, what I love about Chunky mm. as well, mate, you fucking throw everyone under the bus. Like, no, I'm Oh yeah, mate, what's a rat? <laughs> no, fucking but, rat. But also, if you look in, if you look at Robert Davies' character, Jake, he is, he is smirking in the yeah. background. I think even he as an actor at this point is like, he, this guy's just going for it. Yeah. Like, and, and it, it's quite charming. I mean, it ends with them trying to put Chunk's hand in a blender. Yeah, that's, I'm but, like, that's a bit dark. <laughs> <laughs> but up that scene, you can see in the background, he's enjoying that as much as uh, Jeff Cohen is in kind of delivering those uh, lines. I, uh, Jimmy, when he's like, tell me everything. All right, I'll tell you everything. In third grade, I wet myself. And then he just goes on this fucking brilliant rant. Mm. And then it even stops with um, with Asian Johnson, not that one, saying, I love this kid. Yeah. And I just genuinely, I genuinely think I would have loved to be in there is this kid's just fucking <laughs> spewing yeah. everything. While that's happening down under, you've got Anna, the cheerleader, going a bit nuts. She's only been down there 10 minutes and she's got PTSD already. So as if she made the choice to go down there. Yeah. Well, she saw uh, Thanos's <laughs> tight butt cheeks and was like, "I want me a bit of that." I hope I'm. I, no, I got every uh, every kid's favorite uh, scene next. They come across some skeletons impaled and crushed by obstacles and booby traps. Got 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 an instant indie an indie vibe here. You gotta love it. It's done. Come for another four years. I know. We're looking at your last crusade. That's what I mean. Mikey takes <laughs> the lead. The young Sean Austin in training, ready for his big day when he will literally carry Frodo to Mordor. This is the this is this is like the the boot camp. But what's no, going to happen? Have you have you ever carried have you ever carried someone? I've carried a film. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really funny scene here as well, where um, they think they found a load of candles, even though it says dynamite. Um, yeah, that was like that. That was a bit. It was like apparently no one could read. <laughs> it says dynamite on the side of it. <laughs> but that was really cool. Well, all this, this incredibly smart kid doesn't recognize dynamite, yeah. but can create like climbing apparatus out of chattering teeth. <laughs> mm. They also come across the remains. Of the one and only Chester Cobblepot. Oh, I thought you said that was going to up again. <laughs> Luckily, died from something falling on him, but he had his ID in his hands. <laughs> I like that, though. I like I, him unprepared I, for his death. I, I, like, I like he was like, well, I need to take my cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to take my library card, just in case. You never know. You never know. I do like that they dragged that out as well. It's like, like everyone's just like poking the body. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like, Sean Austin, you, you're the one that will have... Was the second best career after the biggest career after this? You look for his wallet because you've already touched it, like some sort of dead cooties. I do like as well how Josh Brolin's uh, brand character like pokes the head and the school moves and he puts it back <laughs> as if it, like Mikey the silly goose only goes and triggers a booby trap, which nearly gets everyone killed from falling rocks. Yep. But on the plus side, that'll block up. Uh, that'll block anyone from trying to follow him down the tunnels. Nah. Or will it? Nah. 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 Data screams holy S-H-I-T. He spells it out because his mum said you're not allowed to swear in this film. Seriously? Yeah. Brilliant. That is really cool, isn't it? No matter what film you're in, mate, the rule of mum still applies. <laughs> Spielberg's like, say shit, no. no. I won't do it. Mama I'll, says no. I'll make you a star. No. <laughs> then we get a really, really good scene and that is where they come to the bottom of, they don't know it at the time, but they've come across the bottom of a well. There's a waterfall Really gorgeous set, this scene. It's fucking you know, heartbreaking yeah, is what it is. They come across and in they jump and they start, they think they've found gold, yeah. but then they realise that all the coins are modern, you know, and have presidents that have uh, predate, oh no, sorry, Hollywood, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, And then they realise that they're at the bottom of a wishing well. And even though some of the kids are eager and they start, you know, cramming coins in their, their pockets, it takes Steph to say, no, these are wishes and these are other people's dreams and I we're stealing them. It's a really good scene. It's, it's Corey Feldman's return to this retort, mate, is genuinely yeah. like fucking... Bearing in mind, this is a child's 
adventure film. Mm. This film belongs in like an epic. It's like, well, my dreams don't come true. It's like my dreams failed. I can't remember the line, but the line hits perfectly. It's just like, so I'm taking them back. Yeah. And I was like, and did, that, I, didn't, I didn't come here to feel. And that tells you more about that character, that his mouth and his, that projection that he puts on in the world is a barrier for the, the pain and the grief that he's been through, you know, in his, in his young adult life at that point. It's a really good scene. And that is one of them scenes again in movies where it's like, that tells you more about that character than any exposition scene or anyone having to talk about, oh, Mal, how's the parents since your dad oh, left? Still here, Do you know mate? what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, you don't need those kind of scenes when you've got that that kind of writing. So I think that this scene is probably stellar. It's got, it, it, you've hit the nail on the head. It's great. We learn more about Mouth and maybe he's the why, the, the way he is. Um, he's gone crazy. He's doing this. Well, not crazy. But he's going through some things. We learn that. We learn some great character development. We, we learn a lot. But then it's this, mate. It's the... Well, how are we going to break what is a great tension scene? Do you remember when you and I were just hanging out at that well one time and I was talking about that girl I was going to bang? Mate, I'm always at the well. <laughs> After this podcast, I'm going to the well. <laughs> so above on the top of the well is Troy, mm. Chief Thunderknob, <laughs> with his two mates just going, have you banged it? Also, bit of a rapist. Been, we've been friends for a while. And that, it's one of those things that, that men are always talking about sex. We're not. You and I, like, the other day just talked about cheese, <laughs> like, for hours. But, that's, but it's like, did you bang it yet? No, but I will. Throws his coin in there. Wishes do come true, because at the bottom, there she is. And it's like, but then it, but then the rapey vibe comes, because it's like, if she if we bring her up, well, she's got it. <laughs> it's very, it's very, Yeah. oh my God. If I was one of the other blokes. I'd be like, no. I would have been like, 10 cheeseburgers and thrown like all my money in. Oh no. <laughs> it's a really weird scene that only gets weirder because they want out now. The adventure's over. Mm. They've come too far. And there's a scene where Sean Austin says, well, we got further than, um, I've forgotten his name, Cobblepot. Uh, Cobblepot. So they, and he gives a great speech. Enter the rapey laugh where they're pulling it up. They're pulling up the first the first bucket. No one thinks to look down. Well, mm. no one thinks this is quite light. Mm. It's almost as if no one's on top of this. Annie don't weigh a lot, does she? <laughs> yeah, and she gets to the top, but it's not her. It's just a cardigan. And there, from the borderline rapist, you what's her name? Sorry, Annie. Annie, you goonie! Just like oh, that that was weird. I tell you, <laughs> what would have been fucking metal, absolute metal. <laughs> Troy's at the top. He's just wished for, you know, to to score 20th base with Annie. Yeah. He's pulling up the bucket and, he, you know, he's laughing. He's jeering with his mates. He's a lad's lad. The bucket gets to the top of the well. Just a There's shit. the jacket. He pulls it away. Dynamite just burning down. <laughs> and then he looks down and Data's just kicking him in the finger. Bang. See you, Troy. Nice. That would have been metal too. <laughs> Maybe, right? Maybe. Should have had it. Should have had that scene. That seems very weird. Goonies become murderers. And at this point, the fucking film changes. And then they start hunting the Fratellis because they get a lust yeah, for like, blood, mate. Yeah, they're going forward. Let's get back. I've got a taste for it now. Hey, what's they, on the dinner tonight? They, Italian. They, they, they fucking go upstairs and find Chunk just gnawing on that corpse. <laughs> Chunk is chained in a room with that huge figure, that beast-like man that we talked about at the beginning and an unlikely friendship forms over a mutual love for chocolate and ice cream. Yeah. We learn the figure is sloth. I say, well, uh, th- this is one of these things though, does the baby, does the baby name create the baby? Because if you just call him like Dave, maybe mm. you wouldn't have like dropped him. <laughs> yeah. Mama he had, So right, so here it is. He does actually have a name. Oh, okay. So apparently the name is Leighton or Le- Leighton. Uh, Leighton Fratelli is the name. Sloth is the nickname that he has. Uh, and that's in the novelization. Is oh. That's his, uh, that's his full Stephen name. King? 
No, no, okay, <laughs> right, okay. No, uh, Sloth, uh, he's got a penchant for all black and white pirate movies. Sloth at this point is played by Oakland Raiders, American footballer and bodybuilder, John Matuzak. Matuzak? Matuzik? Matuzik. Yes. We'll go with that. The Goonies could at this point give up and escape the world, but as we've already said, Mikey points out that they've gotten further than Chester Cobblepot did, so fuck it, let's push on. And they found out... uh, uh, And they used the key that they found previously to get into a tunnel and the next adjoining room. But not before Data is nearly killed and have to use one of his gadgets the best to one. save himself. So he has a grappling teeth on the on the end of his utility belt that saves him from falling and being impaled on spikes. There is also like a... Do you know there's one thing, good thing about speech? Because weirdly I forgot about it until you mentioned it earlier in this episode. Um, the speech isn't so much about finding it. The speech is... The, the speech to me comes across as there's no point going back. We're going to lose the house. This is the last adventure. Yeah. The speech is more about there's nothing to turn back towards. And that's quite pithy but at the same time very good writing yeah I do enjoy that it's like we might as well go forward they, we got further than anyone else it's almost as if there's no expectation of finding it it's just it's pointless going home because we're going to lose it yeah fucking underdogs mate underdogs indeed the Fratellis enter the tunnel in pursuit of the Goonies and the gold Sloth frees Chunk and Chunk calls the police and there's a great Gremlins reference at this point yes there is Su- suggesting that this is in a shared universe of the Gremlins and it's when uh, the police officer on the end of the phone says, oh, it's you again. Didn't you tell us previously that there's a load of gremlins running around town? Really cool. It's the thing about the 80s where they don't believe basically anyone under 30. They're yeah, just well, like, it's nah, that, go fuck it's that whole figure. It would, adults would never believe us, so the kids have to do it themselves and save the day, which is fine in the 80s, but it's really not a good storyline in, in really anything from 2015 onwards. <laughs> but Chung, but Chung's like, they're the Fratellis. He even mentioned it. was like, they're the Fratellis. Yeah. And then the guy's, but, like, the guy's like, well... But didn't the Fratellis, didn't they break someone out of jail? They'd be in the local vicinity. Nah, mm. nah I'll ignore this and eat my ice cream. Frick. <laughs> yeah, there's like a dead body, literally like a dead dude in the freezer. Yeah, it's like I'm looking at it. I'm watching he's it. Like, he's like, he's, seriously, it's next to the chocolate chip ice cream. Ice cream? You should have ice cream. <laughs> I'm, I'm on the way. <laughs> Fucking put the blues on. <laughs> Gotta get there quick. <laughs> ice cream's melting. <laughs> PTS. It's, like, it's like that Simpsons episode's like proceeding on footprint pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> PTSD Annie wants a kiss. She wants to kiss Thanos, but accidentally she kisses Mikey instead, the young boy. Accident. What I love about this is a weird scene. This is a weird scene. Why does why does Sean Austin, young young Frodo Baggins' gardener, go get a kiss? Because Thanos is too busy having a piss and he just goes, go see what she wants. Like, mm. like, like already she's beneath him. That girl I've been flirting with, yeah, fuck her off, mate. See what she's on with. <laughs> and also, you can stop the film. Mikey's found his one-eyed Willy. <laughs> At this point, because it, yeah. it's a coming of age movie. All yes. this is a euphemism for him hitting manhood, and, and and also Annie. You know, she's like, oh, when did when did Thanos get braces? Like, use your fucking eyes, Annie. <laughs> yeah, when, <laughs> you're fucking open them, you twat. She's like, oh, when did Thanos become a twelve year old boy? <laughs> he must have been stood in the hole. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, could be someone fucking different. Maybe someone wearing braces. <laughs> you fucking idiot. Also, her friend knows. Don't tell her that. Yeah. Like that. She's like Steph doesn't say anything. Steph's like dickhead. <laughs> Yeah, nonce. <laughs> it's a bit nonce. Uh, the Fratellis must have had porridge for breakfast because they've already caught up. But Data uses his slip shoes to lubricate the walkway and the two brothers fall. Oh, Could have been a murder. <laughs> Honestly, Data's taking names. <laughs> I want to think that this just gives Data an excuse to kill people. Like, yeah. He was always going to kill these people, well, he but this gr- gives him an excuse. He actually grows up to, uh, to, to start making saw traps. <laughs> it's an origin story. <laughs> he becomes Kramer. Uh, yeah, I like that, yeah. <laughs> 
change his ethnicity. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. we're all searching for him. You can do that. <laughs> because because of the murders. <laughs> well, actually, you can. If you use the James Bond thing machine from Dino's... That, oh, my God. I was God. about to fucking oh make God. that reference. They're and I thought, no linked. one. I thought, no one will get that reference if I went, James Bond told you you can do it. <laughs> Dino a day. Mate, it's a full circle, mate. And it's been a while mm. since we full circled. Uh, here we go. The Fratelli's open fire on the kids. I love this bit. It's like, fuck it. Just shoot him. <laughs> Just shoot him. <laughs> shoot him. They're supposed to be showing us where to go, but fuck it, kill him. Yeah. Murder. In the next room, we find a skeleton piano, which is metal as fuck. Yeah. That, it, that looks the tits. I, I want to play the skeleton. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, if I could learn an instrument, it would be the skeleton. Imagine you're dying and you're like... Oh, what, just, let's, 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 we've got plans for you, but are you going to bury me? Can you bury me next to my loved ones? No, 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 no. no, no. We've got, I'm going to bury you underground. Yeah. <laughs> got an idea. Hear me out. Mm-hmm. Turn you into piano. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I guard treasure? <laughs> what if you play me wrong? Oh, you'll die. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be a piano, James, <laughs> when I'm dead. I don't know. I think you do, mate. Maybe. We'll, we'll put you in a nice, we'll put you in a nice room. I am... Um, I once went to a place called Cutna Hora in um, in the Czech Republic. It was in Czech, yeah, just outside of Prague, Cutna Hora. Mm. Real odd town, like real odd. Like, yeah, I, don't know, this... I don't know where this is going. <laughs> and the only reason I went there is because there's a bone church. Oh, so yeah. when the Black Plague hit in yeah. Europe, everyone wanted to be buried on holy ground, and the graveyards filled up, so they donated bodies to the church. So they just started using bones for walls and chandeliers and spines for like. Oh, that's so kind of cool. It is odd, mate. You go in and there's just thousands of bones that make up like chandeliers and all the seats and all like the altar and everything. Bone, like this bone church, and I just thought this is weird. It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> it was holiday, really fucking weird. And then I thought, imagine if your spine was turned into a chandelier, and not only that. 10 spines because it was a big chandelier. If you were going to do it, you'd want to be the only one. You'd be like, I, I, want to I, mean. be, I don't want to share the spotlight. I want to be like a handrail where it's just my spine. <laughs> Can you imagine being the guy though? Is that me being selfish? No. I think everyone wants to be, if, you're going, if your spine's going to end up being a chandelier, you want to be the main piece. You don't want mm. to be one of the pieces that are part of the whole. You want to be stand out. You, are, you want your spine to be so pristine that the person creating the bones church goes, that's the spine. Look at, look at that spine. Look at that. I, that needs to be in a place of prominence. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, that um, if you'd like to do the ancestry and you were like, oh, my great granddad, oh, he's a spine in this church. <laughs> yeah. You would, that's the sort of place you'd go. You take a photo, oh, granddad. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I don't know. I just, maybe that, like, they could use, like, my femur for, like, the toilet flusher. Do you know what I mean? Like, everything was boned. I can't. So just so, I, just so I got this right, so I can tell your wife, do, do you want to be a piano when you die? No, I don't. Right. So yeah, go back to the film. No, I don't. No, I, I draw the line at flute. <laughs> you can blow me anytime, James. <laughs> yeah, we went there. Yeah. <laughs> That's our level. <laughs> Luckily, uh, so at this point, yeah, skeleton piano, they must play a tune to escape, get a note wrong, and the floor starts to break away, and they'll never find the Holy Grail. Oh, no, uh, wait, hold on. Sorry, that's the wrong film. Yeah. <laughs> I like to point out though, and I'm jumping ahead here. This is the most redundant puzzle. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, luckily the notes are on the back of the map, which no one had noticed up until now. Yeah, why would you? And Annie, oh yeah, she's a pianist. Yeah, but she's also got PTSD. But that's gone now. Yeah, it's gone. Also, she she well, she kissed a boy. That's why. <laughs> she's got those magical lips. Yeah, <laughs> she non-star and got powers. <laughs> I can play the fucking piano. <laughs> oh god, I love this bit as well. She's like, she's like, oh, A minor. 
Look at the skeleton keys. <laughs> well, everyone knows the left knuckles, eh, mine? <laughs> everyone. That's what I mean. And now, Did my... you not pay attention to the skeleton piano class? <laughs> Luckily, it was a piano and not like a fucking harp or something. Do you know what I mean? They gave the audience a fighting chance. They did. Mm. I like that about one-eyed Willie. He was mm. like, "Well, I've got to give him a chance." Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, "Right, torture him, but make sure his, <laughs> but make sure his bones play the right <laughs> notes." <laughs> what should we do? Like, fucking, oh, let's make the next one a bagpipe. Now, what are the odds that anyone Scottish is going to be down here? Uh, piano. That's more widely piano. Long before it's time. I yeah, take piano. it back. I'd like to be a kazoo, James. Yeah, yes. You can kazoo me. <laughs> that's not a problem. Right. So this is binding. I'm Kazooed. Fucking sell you as a kazoo. <laughs> play Aaron. <laughs> Uh, now in the last crusade, Indiana Jones had to survive a gambit of trials to drink from the cup of immortality. But did he get to go on a water slide, James? No, he fucking didn't. Boom, Goonies. I love this bit where they're like, the the, the writers and the, the set designs, everyone's like, okay, so we've, uh, we've, we've got past the boulders, we've got past the wishing well in the, the pit of doom. And, you know, now we've gone past the log, uh, the, the water with the log where the Fratelli's kind of slipped and... We've done all that. Oh, skeleton piano, yet the floor's broken away. Yeah, okay, no, yeah. water slide. Water slide, yeah. That's what we need. He's brilliant, epic, though, isn't it? And if you were one of Willie's mates building backwards, you would have built the water slide first. They peaked. <laughs> <laughs> they, they peaked. And they were like, it's not right. So we've got all this to do. Who mm. wants to volunteer to do the piano skeleton? Yeah. Water slide. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Props to Willie and his team. Also, um, apparently, the crew of the film as well, at the moment they finished filming, they were all on it. Which you would you be, would wouldn't you? Perk of the job. Yeah. Um, after all the slipping and sliding, the slide spits them out into a cave, and you wouldn't believe it, James. What? Huge fucking pirate ship. Oh, my God. So the legends were right. Proper set, not a painted backdrop, proper pirate ship. Used from parts of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland, which they were retiring at the time, so they used a lot ah. of it. Also, the cast, the young crew, hadn't seen it, so they literally did emerge and then see the pirate ship for the first time. That's cool. The words capture a natural reaction until Josh Brolin went, holy shit. And they were like, no, <laughs> film it again. Because his mum. Because <laughs> yeah, his mum would say, don't you dare yeah. swear, Josh Brolin. You'll Sp- never grow up to be that awesome. <laughs> Spielberg's like, for fuck's sake, you again. <laughs> um, the group climb aboard and go hunting for treasure, which they find in the captain quarters with, by Willie himself. Now, now, I've got a question for you though, mate, mm. just before you start on this, on this epic pirate shit which which uh, it did look the sort of place that when you're a kid would look magical to piss about on yeah just before they go on a water slide I'm fairly certain Annie takes the slip of paper with the notes on yeah she does she, run, she runs back and grabs it and the floor's gone yeah because she purposely the last note she plays mm. is the last one it's either make or break mm. so there's no floor so how do the fratellities follow uh, Mama Fratelli yeah. threw the other two over. Yeah. And then what you don't know about it is yeah. she was Olympic gold champion at long jump. Yeah. Uh, although, did you not see it? She just walks around it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah there's that little handrail that you just, just go around. She just walks around. She's like, yeah. yes. <laughs> Mugs. What I like about that, though, is it shows the one-eyed Willie safety conscious, mate. Yeah. He was just like, well, just in case some kids come down here or an yeah. old lady. He's not an animal, is he? <laughs> or a criminal enterprise. <laughs> Put an handrail here. I fucking love that bit. Just so redundant. Yeah. Sorry, mate. I, this bit as well is is a bit weird. You've got you got Sean Austin's Mikey's character, who's got some kind of weird bond now with One Eye Willie. Like he keeps talking to him. He's quite fondly. Him, mate. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's kind of him. connected <laughs> on this weird plane, and then he has this real heartfelt conversation with him, and then he reveals himself to the the rest of the goodies who are like. <laughs> lame <laughs> I, mean, I love that scene but this this bit is cool isn't it you got all the treasure 
One, laid out in front of him. I don't know about you, mate. If I'm a kid, though, I'm going. I'm going straight for everything. Mm. But because of that mind meld, because he understands it, because because he does consider one-eyed Willie the, the original Goonie, mm. the, the the number the, the the genesis of the Goonies, mate. And he's just like leave him his share. Yeah, yeah. leave him his share. Like he understands it because he's got a connection with him, which which I'll be honest, I really like because like Indiana Jones, the downfall is greed, mate. Well, I, I like this book because I even even return to it. Bearing in mind, I've watched this film a hundred times. I thought there was a booby trap in the gold room. I thought that's why he left the gold on the scales. Is there was a booby trap? But that again, I respect about One Eye Willie, is that he's like, no, you've done it, you've got it. Yeah. I'm not going to put booby trap in this room. I would put a trip wire on the way in. Yeah. Boom, everything goes. <laughs> I'd How po- gutted would you be? <laughs> I'd poison the gold. <laughs> just, just, just. Um, so chocolate. Everyone starts like bright, like burning their hands and burning. I'm just like, or you do something like pathetic, like just piss on it, <laughs> <laughs> so that when one of the kids inevitably bites it to check if it's gold, you in the the, the nether realm, which is mm. like ah. <laughs> to summarize the ending, the Fratellis climb aboard. Data wants to go out fighting like the champ he is. There's swords, there's guns, there's gadgets. The group are overhauled. The Fratellis muscle them. They're made to walk the plank to certain death, which is which is weird because because they're made to walk the plank and then and I'm skipping Eddie. They then freely choose to jump, jump in, yeah. jump in it. I think the only one of us in danger is Annie because her hands are tied together. Yeah. yeah, and also it's worth noting. You know the bit when they all jump in. Yeah, if you watch closely, um, one of them doesn't get out of the the splash zone. I think Steph, and then the next actor just jumps straight on that head. Like he's, you can see there's clearly. I was going to say because when I saw it, it looks like someone nearly pushes Mama Fratelli because she's on the plank. Mm. It looks like she's about to fall over in one of them. There is also in this bit as well. There's it's supposed to be in splash. So saving the day is sloth and chunk. And here's where we get the infamous "How you guys?" scene. Yeah, as he gets to re uh, reimagine his uh, love for the pirate movies by. Being yeah. a pirate. Being, being a, a pirate, yeah. pirate, mate. Yeah, he's finding himself a little hat as well, which he is quite has, nice. He's going from the gift shop on what, the way in. What I find weird about that is that means that as they followed, because they're the third, mm. so by the time they come across, everything's devastated, but they still work out to just go round. Mm. <laughs> they're just like, oh, what round it? Even Sloth's like, oh, just what round it? Play behind that. Okay, just move. But it does mean at one point they saw a corpse and just went, I love that hat. I love that <laughs> Yeah, it probably stinks, but I love it. And then maybe, maybe... Because he doesn't have it at one point. He goes, I love that T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a bit great. I love this bit, yeah. It rips open the T-shirt to reveal a, uh, a Superman Easter egg, which of course is the Richard Donner nod. And we get a faint, faint whisp of the theme. It's the third one though. It's the third recognisable because earlier the James Bond theme, mm. and I'm fairly certain, and I could be right. I mean, this one, what's the third one? I'm, I'm, is it, There's either Gremlins tune or there's another tune. There's it's three. Indiana Jones, I would have thought. Maybe in, in the, um, can't remember. There's like three distinct and you're mm. like, oh, hmm. Sloth rips open his shirt and then he takes on Jake and Francis, making mincemeat of him. I'd like to point out that's pretty because that's how that's how you see films now and they're ultra violence and Hong Kong Fu mm. and like like years and years of fight. This one's just three people pissing about. Yeah. Kids movie at the <laughs> end kids of the day. Movie. They've done all the they've done all the gunfighting and stuff like that where they try to kill the kids. Yeah, this bit's just they've you had, know, log their heads together. Boom. Do you remember that opera singing for Telly, mate, who, who came up with a complex plan of committing, uh, faking his own suicide to break out of jail and Joey Pan setting fire outside to contain the police force and then they come across Loth and they're just like, oh, skip rope. Mm. Mate, I do, I've got different levels of plans. I like that. That reminds me of going way off tangent. Season finale of The Book of Boba Fett. Okay. When you've got The Mandalorian and mm. Boba Fett, legendary bounty hunter and the newest bounty hunter of you know the the two greats yeah you know fan favorite new favorite and they're pinned down in a western style all these like this gang have gotten pinned down in the um 
in like the cantina kind of part. And you think these are the two best bounty owners in the world. They've got gadgets and gizmos and fire and rockets. It's going to be epic. They're, out, they're gonna, and they look at each other and they go, let's go out fighting. Yeah. Let's go out. Guns are blazing. And you think, fucking hey, this is going to be wicked. This is going to be proper Western. What do they do? They just fly out into the middle of the gunfight, stand back to back and in a circle, just start shooting like it's fucking Desperado. And I remember watching that scene going, is that it? Luckily, the fucking Rangor saved it after that. But at that scene, I was like, you tell me the two greatest bounty hunters of all time, their grand plan was just to fly into the middle of everyone and just walk around in a circle shooting. Because now everyone's forgotten how to shoot accurately. Yeah, because they were stood in the middle. Back to back. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> they yeah. were like, that yeah. deflects bullets. Yeah, because no, but what happened was they were like, there was two targets. They've halved it now. I don't know where to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They've doubled the mass size. You'd make it figure it'd be an easier shot now. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. Anyway. That's not how bullets work. This bit, this bit gets really dark because Mama Fratelli, who at this point, her muscle, I know that she's dangerous, mm. but her two boys have just been knocked out. Yes. She now decides to tell Sloth, well, I only dropped you on your head a few times. Yeah. As if as if it wasn't bad enough. Is, I, quite unnecessary, that bit. Yeah. As a new parent, I, I thought that, that didn't really sit well with me, that bit. She goes, I only dropped you, she goes, I only dropped you a few times. As if the Sloth's like, you made me this way. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's found the protein, hasn't he? Look at the fucking size of him. His, mate, he was chained up, so he had, to, had to work out. <laughs> he had a job on IT. Without sort of like Sloth takes her out and the gang escape via an he exit. Has, they have to take him out though in the only the only way. He's like, like he beats her there. He's like, I'm going to throw you in the water. Mm. <laughs> Just, it's so nice, isn't it? They um they escape through, a, through an exit that I wish they knew about before having to go the hard way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not like they have to go the way they came to get out again. Yeah. Like maybe we should just go out that big hole. Yeah, you see you see that very accessible bit where we'll get to the beach easily. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could have done all this in about 10 minutes. But those Fratellis have disturbed the gold is share. And what I love about that is that means the roof falls off and the ship now can, mm. can start weighing anchor. Not the dynamite, which they've been carrying and not got no yeah, use for. No, 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 no. That would have been the town to spring that fucker out, wouldn't it? <laughs> but which is now completely redundant. But there is also a deleted scene at this point where as the Fratellis are fighting and Sloth's there and Chunk and everyone like that on deck, mm. the kids are actually being attacked by an octopus <laughs> and they deleted the scene. I think that would have been too much. Yeah, so it's supposed to be in splash between the two. Because at this point, the kids just jump in the water and that's it, they're gone. Unless part of the legend was there was an octopus. Guarding the treasure. Guarding the treasure. That one-eyed willy. Dirty gets the dynamite and it's like, eat this, bitch. Crams it in his mouth, swims away. Blacking everywhere. Yes. And they ride Smile, the, you son of a... They ride the wave <laughs> that cracks open the cave. Yes. And then that's how they get out of there. Bodacious, mate. Thin. <laughs> anyway. It, it annoys me when when... Jaws never ended with Finn. Yeah. Or fucking Warworld never ended with Finn. The gang escape, and then uh, outside, their families are there. That's convenient. Along with all the police. The Fratellis are arrested. The children who have been out all no, night no, are reunited no, with their parents. Sorry, no, 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 no. oh, you, you might be bringing it up here. You might bring it up here. Everyone's there happy to see him. What does Chunks want to bring him? Ask him. Domino's Pizza. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We've got to get more product placement, don't <laughs> we? What I love about this is Domino's Pizza now, the logo appears in the, every scene now. Mm. It, it's just it's just there. The dumbest I go. He's someone in the background holding it above his yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> this bit as well is, um, the, the, uh, you can hear Data saying, and there was an octopus and the octopus got us. Now mm. they just deleted that scene. So I'm watching it going, <laughs> what was the fucking octopus? Data's <laughs> <laughs> lying. Uh, and then his dad's almost, got, he's, his dad's also a gadget, but, but there's so many extra layers. He's mm. like, he's got a camera and it comes out and it doesn't quite, 
take the photo probably because he seems like he's a crapper inventor than mm. his son. It's like sometimes, you know, live in the moment, which is which is a nice sentimentality now because when you go to concerts or you go anywhere, everyone's got their phones out and I'm just mm. like, you don't post that sort of, you remember it, fucking mm. be in the moment. And that was a good message that's more relevant 40 years now where it's just like live in the moment, be there, be present. Do you know what would have been better at this scene? Domino's pizza. No, it's <laughs> if the dad came out and he's like, uh, he's, he's like, yeah, I've got this new invention and it's the invention that the dad in Gremlins is trying to sell. Yes. Do you know, the, the one that does like the shaving and the hair. Because if you want to link the two universes together, put that product in that there. That would have been cool. That would have been fucking wicked. Anyway, they thought they forgot the treasure. They didn't grab any on the way out. Well, they didn't. And then, and then who else? Right, so you got the parents there. you got the cops there. The cops are amazed by those seven. Mm. Ratelli show up. They save, they're about to arrest all of them. What I love about this is he looks wrong, arrest him, like based on no evidence of that Sloth's done anything wrong, they arrest him. The kids at this point go fucking supersonic with their cries. And I was like, what the fuck are they saying? This is where they all surround him, like, don't shoot him. <clears throat> and that's where Domino's Peter is in Sloth's face. It's just Sloth's face, then Domino's Peter. I was just like, right, I get, I get it, Domino's Peter. <laughs> fucking, what happens next, mate, is, is if I was Chunk's parents, I'd be like, Slow the fuck up. Mm. Can I slow your roll? Because he's like, come live with us. I'm like, oh, fuck off. In the novel, he does. He adopts him. Yeah. They adopt him, yeah. Yeah, but I'd be like, no. They throw him a bar mitzvah in the novel. <laughs> I'd be like, no. I don't I don't know who this is. How old is he? Has he been nonsense yet? <laughs> You've been in that cave a lot on your own. I yeah. don't know what's happened. You're fucking talking about Michael Jackson in the toilet, and now you come yeah. around with this. What's going on? You've got... You've got Annie's like, you're a great kisser. Now I'm going to go bang your brother. <laughs> She's like, that's a bit weird. And then out of nowhere, the developers are like, time's up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know your kid's been missing for a day, but, but yeah. time's up, time to sign this. Um, also, I'm fairly certain that's not how it works. When you need like a solicitor or a lawyer present or yeah. something like this. Like, if you sign this, you lose the house. This, 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 this should also be the bit where like, Data's sister comes like, you stole my bike, just fucking everyone. Troy, Troy comes out of nowhere, you owe me. You, you, you owe, owe me, me Annie. <laughs> I wished on that shit. <laughs> anyone else? Anyone else go? <laughs> oh. oh, but the Spanish housemaid, bless her, she finds a bag of rubies and diamonds. It would have been funny if she couldn't run. <laughs> the, the movie ended where she was like, fuck you lot, I'm well, taking this. There's, there's, there's this bit as well that I was thinking, when that happens, I'm like, but don't you have to go there valued? <laughs> Isn't there some sort of law? You know, I don't know the, I don't know the law. Can you just use these? Don't you need to go get these valued, turn them into monetary so then you can pay us? You, you, your thing is due now. You can't just hand them jewels and go, no. He rips up, the, the dad rips up the paper and goes, I'm never going to sign anything again. This is before chipping pin, mate. <laughs> he's he's going to have to. <laughs> he's going yeah, to have to get them, get them cash by tomorrow morning. Right, 9am. Yeah. Bulldozers are ready. <laughs> yeah. Finn. Finn. End of the movie. No, Nine, it's, no, just it's not, mate. No, it's not. No, it's not. What did I miss? Shit. Everyone sees it. Oh, yeah. Sailing enough. So the dad was right all along. Mm. If I asked the dad, I'd be fucking livid. I spent my life, I stole shit from that yeah. museum and my two prick kids solved the mystery. Yeah. Who the fuck's driving that ship? Also, why would you save your house? You've, you've got all them jewels. Mm. But you're right. It, uh, terrible CGI. G gorgeous real estate, that's why. Oh, it's that backdrop. <laughs> Lovely little town, that. I do like that they've set up that short round and we missed this at the beginning. Doesn't have to use his legs to get in the house. He's got, he's got his own personal zip, zip line. <laughs> Fucking love that. Oh, every, kid's, that. every kid's dream. They've got that really complex machine of opening the door, opening the gate mm. for Chunk to get in. And what I said to Esther was, how do you reset that? Yeah. <laughs> because that it also be... <laughs> implies that Chunk can't open a yeah. gate. So how fucking thick is Chunk? 
I remember, I remember it's called this like bowling ball every day. And yeah. In reality, you think when you were a kid, you're like, oh, that's amazing. But as I look, you can fucking waste. Yeah, <laughs> just, just open the fucking that's extra. gate. <laughs> Where's my bowling ball? For fuck's sake. What film? Yeah, The Goonies. What do you think? I thought, it was, I thought it was it was ridiculous. It was it was crazy. I did like it. Yeah. I, I did like it. It was um, Stand by Me was a weird one because I went in Stand by Me, watched it. I didn't I didn't get it. But recently, I've rewatched all of the Stranger Things. The Goonies is different. It's it's camp. It's well over the top. But what it is 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 it's great eighties. Mm. It's great eighties over the top. I knew I was going to love it when, I, when the villain of the story when you meet him. <laughs> faked his own suicide then there's a shootout next to kids and yeah. I was like that that don't happen now that's a shame those sort of films don't happen I watched Slumberland this week on Netflix yeah, yeah, yeah. which I want to talk about next week but that was um, that's what you get now mm. and it was nice to have like one-eyed willies it's, it's, a, it's a literal joke yeah. it's, it, the whole thing is about it's a coming of age he's found his penis he's also found some gold <laughs> he, he kissed his he exploded in that last scene <laughs> he kissed he kissed he kissed his uh, brother's girlfriend. You know, he's, he's, mm. fucking, he's living a high life. Turns out Math might be like an abused kid, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Chunk is literally bullied. Yeah. It was, it was, it was weird. There's but characters. Every, do- it, apparently, the, it's like the whole town got together and became a feeder for Chunk. <laughs> Everyone just keeps giving him food. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a simpler time. Yeah. And, and, it, and it was, it was, it was a film that I don't think you could really do any better. No, and I, I think there are, you know, decades are defined, I suppose, by certain coming-of-age movies for teenagers and stuff. And Strange Things probably is it now for kids our age. And there are other shows that I think on Netflix, I imagine a young, you know, that that really important age between kind of 12, 13, up to 16, where there's just those films that will bookmark your life because that, you know, that, that was me, that was made for me at this time for us. You know, I always feel bad. We got American Pie, you know, yeah. when when they got, you know, in the 80s, you got Goonies. Now you got Stranger Things. You might have got Harry Potter. Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, you, you whatever are, it is there that are, you get. There are, there are generation-defining films, and you're right, ours, our coming of age was American Pie, which is about a guy who fucks a pie. Mm. Or spies on a girl on the internet and all his friends watch, and he comes in his pants. And then you have something that's literally about the metaphor of finding gold, finding yourself, or <clears throat> thinking that you're... You live under the stairs, and you're you're an actual wizard, and you're most powerful mm. in the world. And we got a guy fucking a pie. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, we really got screwed over on that. that one. Explains why we're just doing this podcast, James. <laughs> <laughs> Making the jokes we do. Um, yeah, wide, Willie. <laughs> I, I know. I just, I, I think the Goonies is great. I don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not. It's not like it's not religiously on in my household. But no. Certainly, if my kid wants to watch it one day, I'm going to enjoy watching it together. And I, I will go back and revisit it when it's on again. Do you think you have to watch it with someone? So I watched it with Esther. We were both first-time viewers. Mm. If I'd watched it on my own, I probably wouldn't have. Part of the fun was making jokes mm. about maybe the ridiculousness of the timing of it. Weirdly, I don't think I would have liked it as a kid. I used to kind of hate those kind of films as a kid. Well, that's it. I loved them. That, it's my brain and butter. As I said, like, you know, Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe, you know, in um, you Secret you bef- Gardens and that kind of stuff. Did you watch it before Indiana Jones? Uh, no, it would have been about the same time. Yeah, so so I feel like if I'd watched this after Indiana Jones, I would have felt like oh, Indiana Jones didn't speak to me because I wasn't I wasn't a thirty year old university lecturer who went on these adventures with Nazis. I think I kind of was <laughs> <laughs> as a child, mate. I just I just naturally was drawn mm. to the to, to the man. Have you seen, have you seen the pictures of Mads Mikkelsen as the nineteen sixties Nazi in the new James Bond, no. uh, the new Indiana Jones? No. I don't want to. I don't want to learn anything about it because I learned a lot about the last film when I was burnt, mate. Yeah, I was. I was like James Mangold though. This new one, so I'm, yeah. I, you know, 
I was excited though for the last one. Indiana Jones is is done for though after this, isn't he? They're going to a younger Indiana Jones. Like, sorry, Harrison Ford. Like, I'm done after this. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and when he says he's done with something nowadays, he, he's actually done with it. Well, he probably probably gets lightsabered halfway through Indiana Jones then. Nice. <laughs> yeah, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has kind of co-wrote it and she's the god-granddaughter, I think, of him or god-daughter nice. or something like that. So maybe there's going to be a, a passing the mantle down. But I'd love her as well. Mm. I think she's legit quite possibly one of the funniest people in the world right now. Yeah, and you know, she's brought on board to rewrite a lot of the James Bond script, the latest one. I mean, I thought that, that movie yeah. was a real triumph. It, it was. The heart of the movie was triumph. It, it was. I was having this conversation the other day. So one of our last episodes was Pierce Brosnan and we were talking about, do you know what? At least it had villains. Mm. You know, I was talking to him, I was like, I would argue Sean Bean and uh, Elliot Carver were great villains. Whilst I didn't like Toby Stevens, he was over the top and you could say he was an actual villain. Fucking Rami Malek, who's an arguably a better actor, barely yeah. redundant in his own film. It was disappointing. But then that's not really the storyline. Anyway, it's not his story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just, you just needed a villain. Armchair director, you can make loads of comments. Yeah, exactly. In, that's true. In, uh, and that's, that's what I am. So <laughs> I'll never take a risk. So Yeah, no, I, I really enjoy The Goonies. I think it's a vault movie. I think it's a staple of the 80s. I think it's so important. And um, and I hope people still go back and revisit and rewatch it. I'd, I'm, I'm vaulting The Goonies as, as as probably one of the more defining childhood films. Well, that with Gremlins. Mm. There it is. It is in our vault. Now, special listeners... That's the uh, 85 sorted. Next week we have another 80s special. Yep. It's picked uh, by James. Yeah, only because I wanted to get it done with. It's one of my favorite it's one of my favorite decades of film, 80s. Mm. It's one of my favorite directors. You say 80s, you say John Hughes. Mm. It's one of the worst characters in when I was going into this, it was one of the worst characters in film. However, he's beloved. He's he's called a righteous dude, mate. The jocks, the geeks, the cheerleaders, the hotties love him. It's Ferris Bueller. And his day off. His day off. He's one of many day offs. Many, yes. Up to nine. I don't like watching. <laughs> and we will uh, we'll dissect that movie next week. If you like this show, don't forget to leave us a little comment and review. Let us know what you think of The Goonies. It is in our vault. Safe haven for the greatest films of all time. Next week, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Thank you so much for downloading. And stick with us as well, because as we head into December, we'll start doing our Christmas themes. And of course, we always end the year with kind of our favourite films, our summarisation of the films that we've watched, but also a little quiz, a little game, a little interactive episode as well, which we always do in December. So that is all on its way. Thank you so much for downloading. If I don't see you later, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Goodbye.